Hey, I'm John. <laughs> I'm Zant. No, oh, good job. <laughs> Who's that? My fault, man. My fault, man. Somebody ruined that. <laughs> oh, my man. I'm, I'm sick over here, man. My fault. Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander. I'm Ron Brown. I'm Aaron Saunders. I'm Trent Little. And you're listening to HBCU Voice. Another great week uh, of uh, NCAA football. Um, what y'all think so far? Overall of of what's happened. Overall, if we talking about outside of HBCUs too, I mean rivalry rivalry week. Michigan, always the Ohio most State. fun. I mean, all this news breaking. You got Charlie Strong getting fired. Tom Herman coming in there. Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron keeping it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot. It's it's a good good time of the year, man. All the sports happening at once. And of course, football, playoff action. You got HBCU rivalries. I'm loving it, dog. Yeah, Top that off quiet. with Thanksgiving. Too. It's been quiet for the most part, but I feel like it's finally kicking and actually becoming um, exciting. So this is that time of the football season where it actually matters, I mean. Coming, hey, we coming to Heisman time, baby. We coming to Heisman time. Adoree Jackson all day. Heisman Trophy, Adoree Jackson. That's my vote, but sorry, John. You don't have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't know if I have a vote or not, right? You don't know. We got the people vote. And uh, Saturday, uh, Grambling State uh, played Southern. And it was a good. It was on national television. It was a good game. Uh, Grambling State beat Southern fifty-two to thirty. Um, did, did you check K-K. it out? I did. Well, I didn't see the whole game, but I saw a lot of the game. And um, to me, that was my first time seeing in person Devontae Kincaid play. He was quite impressive. Um, they beat him fifty-two thirty. Devontae Kincaid had two hundred eighty-three yards in the air, a touchdown. Uh, 56 yards on the ground, touchdown. Martez Carter had 10 carries and 118 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, he also uh, had two big kick returns, one for 88 yards. Did you all see the game? Yeah, I watched the game on uh, NBC Sports, Channel 590, uh, if you live where I live. Uh, been impressed with Grambling State's offense all year long. Again, you echoed those sentiments uh, with Devontae Kincaid, best player in the swag for my money. Uh, Carter had a good game. Uh, Chad Williams, Mr. Consistency. Uh, probably going to be a, a good battle on the outside when you get this celebration vote with uh, Chad Williams versus Mike Jones. That's That's a matchup to watch. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's still a game got to be played this coming Saturday. Bro. You can't just count yeah, well, out all out. Like. But, but, but <laughs> I already told you years and years and years ago when we had our mid-season discussion that it was Grambling and everybody else. I don't care that Alcorn is playing next week in the SWAC championship. It's Grambling. Alcorn State fans ain't going to be too happy with you, buddy. <laughs> I don't care who I upset. We go through this every week. 
it's Grambling and everybody else when we talking about the swag today. It's Grambling and everybody else. You know it, Rome. You just gonna pander to the Alcorn State fans because you was enamored a little bit by their presence at the Georgia Dome last year. I mean, it's all good yeah. though. It's all on the field, but shoot. Yeah, you hey. can't. We got. We still got to nope. see that game Saturday. Nope. nope. Hey, no hey, hey, Trent, 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 not taking that chance again like he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, honestly, I've been on this Grambling bandwagon for two years now, so I, I felt like it, it maybe it was it was premature. Hey, y'all watch Tom definitely. joining? Y'all watch Tom joining? Anytime, anytime, uh, nah, Tom joining. Anytime, Tom joining, pick a team. And <laughs> that team lose, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grambling fans. <laughs> <laughs> but, do, yeah, let's not let him talk about sports ever. <laughs> just keep on donating money. <laughs> yeah, Tom Jordan not a Tom Jordan not a real uh, sports guy. He just be picking. He be picking the black quarterback. <laughs> 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 But, uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, you gonna win? You gonna go and beat Kentucky? Yeah, that's how he did. He picked the Panthers to win in the Super Bowl, so I'm still upset about that. But that's another story. Anyway, what'd you like from the game, though, Aaron? Uh From the game, uh, yeah. I like the precision. I like the precision of Grambling's offense. Uh, pretty special offense. What I don't like is that. On both sides on the line, they seem to be a little bit chunky, not necessarily in shape. They look like they got fat boys, not good sized linemen that don't have bad weight. And I mean, don't bear with me here. Linemen are supposed to have beef, but you also want to have good weight. They look like they have bad bodies and bad weight. So I wasn't really impressed with that. But the skill positions uh, uh, of Grambling. Very impressive. Southern was good, too. Of course, Tillery always comes to play and, and puts in work, and he did do that, too, the Grambling defense. Uh, I think he came away with almost 200 yards, if not uh, 200 yards exactly, against Grambling's defense. And, hey, Central fans, if Grambling does make it to the Georgia Dome, uh, you got a good chance of Malcolm Bell, Darrell McClain, Ramon Simpson, and uh, Tory Cotton possibly chewing up that Gremlin defense. That might be your whole central pass. Yeah, Tillery finished with 234 yards rushing. Of course, he's I think he's a swag all-time leading rusher and all that. So, you know he's going to get his. They couldn't bottle him up. But, I mean, outside of the football itself, man, I, I saw a lot of tweets uh, over the past few weeks and days saying, like, oh, such and such school, we had the best rivalry. But, like, come on, Bayou Classic. Can't you can? I don't think any other school's rivalry could put sixty-seven thousand plus people in a stadium like at all. You know, so I'm looking at it from that perspective. The biggest rival, football rivalry in HBCU sports deserves all the acclaim it gets, and then you know you got a good football game most of the time. And uh, unlike Aaron, I'm still saying it's a game to be played this coming Saturday. Grambling versus yeah. Alcorn. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna make that drive out there. On Saturday. Yeah, I was about to say that. Y'all check Rome out on Saturday, uh, holding it down for HBC Voice at the SWAG Championship in Houston, correct? Yep. Like Aaron, I think that um, it's it's a foregone conclusion that uh, Gremlin will be in the uh, Celebration Bowl. I mean, they just ran away with the SWAG this uh, this season on their end. That, that division with Alcorn State is – 
that side of the division is pretty terrible. So somebody has to actually show on that side. But um, I just I think that Gremlin will actually end up in the in the celebration bowl. And I'm looking to that. I'm looking forward to that because that central versus Gremlin will be a high scoring affair. I mean, I want to say Gremlin's average, averaging almost over 40 points a game. And Central's right there at uh, 30 points a game also. So it's 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 two high-scoring, uh, high-powered offenses. I think that unlike the North Carolina A&T game where we actually uh, spoke about this off uh, offline where they were one-dimensional with just Tariq Owen, this Gremlin offense. Of course, you have Chad Williams on the outside. You have Kincaid, who is a dual threat. And you have uh, Carter back there. I think they, they provide um, a lot – like. North Carolina Central's defense will have to come prepared and because they'll be in for a shootout. You know, I, I agree with that. Um, I watched the game, saw Devontae Kincaid for the first time, came away highly impressed. Um, Grambling can put some points on the board, and just like you said, averaging 40 points per game, um, they were – that was a high-scoring shootout. Um, but they did show that they could give up some points, and – they did so some weaknesses, and I'm not putting it past Alcorn, the defending uh, SWAC champs, to pull off the upset, although I'm not picking them. Um, and uh, if Central were to play them in the Celebration Bowl, Central could put up some points too. I'm not, I'm not um, picking against Central no more. But I like the way Devontae Kincaid moved. Let me, I was trying to figure out who to compare him to. Um, who in the past would y'all compare his, uh, his game to? Dante Culpepper. He seemed like he was faster than Dante Culpepper. Young Dante Culpepper. I don't know about that comparison, just from a size perspective. Like, Kincaid is what, like, 5'11", 6 feet? He's a lot smaller. He reminded me of, of, like, Vic a little bit. Uh, I knew he was going to say that. Nah. (laughs) Everybody compare. Nah, nah. If that's the case, then then you better call Malcolm Bell Vic. If that's the case, although he don't throw nowhere near as good as Michael Vick, but no, really, really, like like the like the, HB, the HBCU version of it, not 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 D one, uh, you know, the HBCU version of it. I don't, I don't think he, I, I think he runs the ball well, but I just don't see the 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 lightning the lightning of a Vick. And, and he and he and he don't he don't escape the pocket like. You know, like Vic was ducking people and like getting out of there. But his, but the way he was running downfield, he was making some moves, and I enjoy watching him play. That's just my opinion. Rome, who you got? What comparison? Yeah, yeah. comparison. I can't really call it. Um, you know, I just can't throw a Vic comparison out there like that. So <laughs> I'm not really sure. I can't call it. I can't call it. I'm I'm calling him a smaller Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper actually could move. Yeah, he can move, but he can also Dante run. Dante Culpepper was six four, six five, two feet. Yeah. Like he yeah, also run over. Yeah, that's true. I Kincaid yeah. ain't ain't running nobody over. Not like that. But nah. he also ain't he not lightning fast like that. We talking about four two nine forty. Yeah. But but the thing I'd be afraid if I was Alcorn and um they they have some some real good playmakers um, this year. Not that they didn't have them last year, but they have some really good playmakers. And uh, anytime you have somebody who's really fast on the team, go get you points when you need to. 
that's a scary team right there. Yeah, I mean, they returned most some of the same weapons from last year. I mean, you got mm-hmm. Lenore's Footman still the quarterback. Yeah. And then I mean, they got a they got a team. They got a team, definitely. Yeah. It's it's I won't disrespect them and say that it's not going to be a game or, or that they don't deserve to be there. They 100% deserve to be there. And it's incre- it's extremely impressive to do it three straight years uh, by winning a, SC, uh, a SWAC East uh, title three straight years. Uh, so all credit due to them. I just I just personally believe it. it's Grambling's time. And let me, let me check time. myself on that. Actually, it's not Footman. It's, uh, well, it's been Noah Johnson and Footman, but uh, – I guess we gotta do some more research and see and see what what they've been looking like offensively. I'm looking at their stats uh, now and their schedule. Uh, if I remember correctly, Footman had a game on them last year. Yeah, yeah, but I, I guess he hadn't been. I don't know his situation if he's hurt or whatever. But yeah, of course these two these two teams met earlier this year, so I mean a rematch from September 24. What was the score? Forty-three to eighteen. So. Oh, where was it at? Uh, it was. It was in yeah. yeah. Hey, who knows? Hey, neutral neutral site. Anything can happen. But for my money, Grambling is coming away with the swag championship and coming to the Celebration Bowl. Nobody has really gotten close to Grambling this year, other than Arizona. Um, <laughs> and, and and for Arizona's taste, that was too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the 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 closest anybody has been is nineteen points of Grambling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at it now, yep. And that was Texas Southern. So <laughs> Alcorn gonna have their hands full. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Looking forward to it. Also, uh, over the week, North Carolina A&T played uh, Richmond. And North Carolina A&T lost that game. Which I wouldn't say is too much of a surprise. They still don't have a quarterback. Uh, They weren't at full strength. Plus, Richmond's a good team. Um, And they lost 39-10. I don't know if any of y'all saw that game, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, shows at A and T, man. That having a good quarterback, because I mean, we know A and T has weapons. You got all Miac player, well, two all two all Miac players. You know, you got Bell and also Keys. You got weapons, uh, but you just got to have a quarterback to be able to get the ball to him. And you can't allow teams to load the box with with uh, Cohen, and and that's what happened. <laughs> they shut him down again. Yeah, I, I echo Rome's sentiments. Uh, when you one-dimensional, teams are able to pin their ears back and, and come at you, uh, run blitz you, uh, force you to make a, a throw across the middle to beat them, and you don't have a quarterback that can do it or that can handle the pressure, then, you know, a guy like Tariq Cohen gets bottled up and he has a tough game. You You get beat. You get beat. We saw it against North Carolina Central. We saw it again this week against Richmond, and unfortunately for them, they just had quarterback issues this season uh, for A&T, and actually they've had quarterback issues the entire time. I don't think they've had uh, 
since Broadway's been there, and may, maybe somebody from A&T will yell at me if I'm wrong on this, but have they had an all-conference quarterback? Oh, actually, Quashon Quick was a, a offense, a all-conference caliber quarterback. Quashon Quick was good enough, but they just have struggled finding a, a guy that can throw the ball well enough at the college level to to help Tariq Cohen go off, especially this year. And I'm I'm looking at the stats. Uh, their starting quarterback was thirteen to twenty-eight, eighty-seven yards. That that's a three-point-one average. And yeah, that's not going to win yeah, any but, game. Yeah, but no Mir- two teams like that. Yeah, but but Miro struggled the last two weeks. Uh, and did they bring in another quarterback room? Yeah, well, Strickland. Yeah, they the guy who's a wide receiver. He threw two passes, though. One for 66 yards. He almost <laughs> surpassed <laughs> Ramiro. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a struggle for a That just goes back to what I said last week. Without a quarterback, I don't think that they were a good enough team to be in the NCAA tournament. That's that's all. But credit to a for having another good season uh, and, and being in the hunt for three straight years here. You gotta, you gotta give them credit. And before we even leave the topic, or sorry, Trent, I don't want to burn it up too yeah, much, but, <laughs> but, but, but you gotta, you gotta give a salute to Tariq Cohen. I mean, he leaves the conference with uh, rushing for five thousand six hundred nineteen yards and fifty six touchdowns. I mean, that's incredible numbers. Yeah, and I didn't um, actually get to watch the game, but uh, just looking back at the summary of the game and actually, I get to actually read an article and hear um, some of Broadway's post uh, press conference, post game press conference. And he was saying that it was kind of hard to get his guys, uh, just get, get his guys up after that gut wrenching loss to um, A&T. I mean, not A&T, but uh, North Carolina central. So that was, it was, I think he was actually saying that the guys, I guess they looked at this. We actually used the word that Jerome used last week when he said this was a consolation prize. These guys were ready. These guys were looking forward to the celebration bowl and not the actual um, playoffs, which was, I guess it was kind of um, interesting to me because, of course, we've had that conversation on this, this podcast many of times on what do you like? What do you think these players do? You think these players want to play in the FCS playoffs or as an athlete, are you wanting to play in the FCS playoffs? Are you wanting to play in the celebration bowl? And just to hear those comments, so those players speaking on how they rather had been in the Celebration Bowl than being in the uh, FCS playoffs was, was kind of interesting. It, that's because they would have been the MEAC champs if they was in the Celebration Bowl. They weren't. They lost it. Wah, wah. Cry yourself home, little piggy. You just wasn't good <laughs> enough. And that guy right there. Talk, that, I mean, that, that's <laughs> foolishness. Like, oh, we didn't get into the Celebration Bowl. You're not the MEAC champs. That's why you mag. It's okay. It's okay. You didn't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. It's all good. Cry yourself home. Come back next season. Get better. There's no Cohen anymore. So what you going to do? Find somebody else. Well, I will say, and there's no Cohen, yeah, but they sure. will They will get their starting quarterback back, which if – I mean, I've had this conversation with plenty of a and alumni, and they – um. What are you going to do? Throw for 3,000 yards? Let them he going to shock the conference? Let them tell it. We haven't seen their starting quarterback in two years. Against we have, This is the last time Central's played them. We haven't seen their starting quarterback in two years. So, um, I mean, of course, it's going to be another um, interesting MEAC uh, season next year. But, of course, we got to let this one play out. So, I won't even get into all that. 
Hey, hey, Rome. Who who did we see at the Celebration Bowl last year? Was that Khalil Carter? Uh, Ray Carter is that starting quarterback? Yeah, Raynard. I think was. I don't think Carter played that much. Well, whoever whoever played in that game, a quick play, but whoever was the the next guy, he looked good. He could throw the ball. Well, I remember. Well, whoever definitely against North Carolina Central, it was Carter who came in. Yeah, he came in like what second half last year. Yeah. Well, again, this is the MEAC, no offense to people, but do we really think that they got a quarterback that's dropping 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns? No one, really in the, no one in the MEAC does, though. Thank, thank you. Exactly. So stop it. Stop it. Really? Come on. Come on. Oh, you haven't seen our, our starting quarterback. He going to go out there dropping dimes. He going to drop 50-yard bombs. Get out of here. You just wasn't good enough. Stop it. No excuses. No exceptions. <clears throat> wow. Well, there is it. There, there it goes with, you know, Aaron talked about A&T a little bit. What about uh, Tuskegee? Uh, their season ended in the playoffs as well. They lost to North Greenville in the second round. D2 playoffs, 45 to 26. I guess we'll yes. let Aaron talk about that since – since he's probably the only one. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like uh, D two football. D two football, uh, pretty wide open this year. Uh, Midwest is is where you know your champions come from. A lot of times, or, or your teams that make a deep run outside of in the previous years, Valdosta State handling it. Uh, sorry to see Tuskegee go down to North Greenville again. North Greenville is a team that. Central fans may know from a couple homecomings ago or a few homecomings ago, uh, North Greenville pretty much takes it. And now we have no HBCUs in the uh, Division II playoffs going forward. Again, I talked about it before. Next year I would like to see maybe two CIAA teams get in. Maybe we get two SIAC teams to sneak in there. I like at the end of the season the Virginia State-Tuskegee game. I think that if both conferences can get uh, another game like that with each other, I think that'll go a long way to showing their strength of schedule uh, to, to get them in the tournament. I like what Winston-Salem State has done and played tough teams at the beginning of the season out of conference because on the back half, that pays dividends. So, unfortunately, Tuskegee out. But you know what? They did a great job to win their first game. And, hey, don't hang your hat on, on losing because – Happens to everybody. Okay. And the another topic, Howard has a job opening, Howard Football. I know y'all been wanting to talk about this. Um, who do y'all think could possibly be a candidate for that position? Well, of course, um, due to our North Carolina. I've been waiting. I mean, well, we, we've been, been talking about this. Week. I've been – Browsing a few of the forums and seeing what people have been saying. And, of course, Aaron and I have spoken on it a few times because of Aaron's DMV knowledge and all, you know, he knows all the coaches and can name off the offensive analysts uh, for some random school or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, of course, I mean, a big name in HBCU circles. You've seen a lot of people mention Henry Frazier, former North Carolina Central head coach, former Prairie View A&M head coach, former Bowie State head coach and, you know, star back in the late 80s. So, of course, he has the DMV ties. He can recruit that whole area, Maryland, Baltimore, you know, all those areas. And he turns programs around. He did it at Prairie View, which was probably the worst 
a Division One school out there at the time, turned them around to a, a good program, came to North Carolina Central, which was in flux at the time, turned them around, excuse me, uh, and then, you know, the team that just won the past couple of years has been have been guys that Coach Frazier recruited. So that's one guy we uh, we've been talking about. Of course, we we've kind of mentioned his uh, previous domestic violence issues, but I don't think those would even stop him from getting a job. I don't know about that though. Uh, I think he would have gotten a job uh, if not for his background. I think he would have gotten a job already because he's already proven he's a good coach. Um. I think that's the reason why he's been jobless so far, because you know he's been trying to get a job. I think it's more about the fit. I mean, yeah, there's been job, like opportunities out there. Like, of course, when um, was it Shaw that was out there? Maybe a couple was it last year? Or a couple years ago, Shaw was yeah. out there, and he was yeah, one of the sure. and he was one of their finalists. But you compare that Shaw to a, a Howard, which of course he's already in working in that area. I want to say he's from that area, correct? So I mean, yes. that, I think. I think this fit is actually perfect. I mean, you're getting back into the MEAC. I mean, if I'm him, of course, if I don't know how he feels about North Carolina Central or, or like, but maybe he felt like he was, he was wrongly, um, you know what I'm saying, done in that situation. If so, okay, I can stick it to my old employer. I mean, I think this is a, a perfect opportunity and perfect fit for, uh, for him. I'm not saying it won't be a good fit. I'm just saying – I was just saying to Trent's point that I think that's part of the reason why he ain't got a job. Now, will that affect him? I think they'll probably weigh this, and I think he would be a good fit for this job. Will he be the person? It's never the obvious choice, to be honest with you, because he yeah, would I, be the obvious choice. I think as an AD, though, it's like, okay, now – I mean, he's – of course, it's been it's been enough time to act for the for those accusations or for whatever that happened for that to be swept under the rug. I mean, I think it's been a like he's he's repaid his uh his dues or whatever. I mean, he he's in a high school uh, at a high school program right now. And where's he? Aaron? No, 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 I, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Go All right. Well, so I, I think he's repaid his uh, his dues, and I mean, he he has to receive a second chance. How, how though? How has he repaid his dues? So his life didn't. Uh, he lost his job. I mean, his life went. So I that's mean, how you that's how you repay your dues by losing your job. Uh, yes. What else are you? Well, how else are you going to pay your dues? What is I he mean, he didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm. You said he repaid his dues. I don't think he's repaid his dues. I mean, oh, Al, Al, I think that's what I I don't know. I guess he can apologize for. I mean, well, he was. I'm not saying he did anything, but he could apologize for being a distraction. Um, I mean, it's, it's over. Like, like, yeah. like what? <laughs> he paid his. Three years have passed by. Three years have passed by. And I'm not. I, I don't think we're trying to. Um, we don't even know effects. if he did anything. He yeah, the diminishing. Yeah, you know, I didn't diminish, he did anything. I but he well, was a distraction. I don't. Yeah, of course, I don't want to seem like okay. Domestic violence is something that you, that can be swept under the rug. But at the same time, if you can't repay your like, if he felt like he's already repaid his debt, which we all we all feel like he has, then is this something that he should always be punished for, and he should never receive another job and uh, another college opportunity, another opportunity? No, that's that. Nah, I, I think I think he should get another opportunity. I mean, I know, I know Aaron's itching to jump in, but I, I want to pose this question to Aaron because it, it really matters when you're looking at a Howard job. 
obviously you got to have some ties to the area. You got to be a good recruiter. Uh, we traditionally Howard hasn't really thrown a whole lot of money into their athletic program, which is interesting based on them being one of the more, I guess, wealthy or popular HBCs. popular, and then, you know endowment and all the you know all the the glitz and glamour and the fame they get. But uh, I guess what is the most important thing that their next head coach should be, or what what should that coach embody? And I guess throw some of your guys out there that you may feel should be looked at for the job. Uh, well, traditionally, because it's a private school, Howard has recruited nationally as opposed to actually recruiting in its own backyard. Um, I can't tell you why. Uh, they, I mean, of course, they have guys from, from the area, but Frazier is the best fit when you're talking about having a head coach who actually has ties to the area who has been a head coach and has been successful head coach. He is the best fit. Um, he's shown that he can rebuild a program. You do need help from your athletic uh, department. Um, they have to throw money in. They have to be 100% behind it. But the reason why he's the best fit is because you don't have to go anywhere. He knows everybody here. Uh, he was previously the uh, athletic director at Bladensburg High School which is in Prince George's County. I believe he is now the athletic director at Dunbar Senior High School in D.C., a once big-time football school school to produce Vontae and Vernon Davis and Joshua Cribs. Uh, he knows this area. I'll also throw out a couple names that if I was Howard, I would take a run at. Not saying that these guys are in the running, not saying – that I know any pertinent information on whether or not Howard is looking for them or is going to go after them. Cato June, former Indianapolis Colts linebacker, who uh, was the running backs coach at uh, Howard this past year, Anacostia alum from Anacostia, D.C., Southeast D.C., uh, also was a high school football coach at Anacostia and Charles Flowers. That's the type of name that gets people sort of looking in the city saying, hmm, you got Cato June. That's a guy that you look at. Rome mentioned Mike Loxley because he's hometown guy. Uh, Mike Loxley, uh, former offensive coordinator at Maryland and head coach at New Mexico, former offensive coordinator at Illinois, guy with ties to the area. Too much money for him uh, in other places, in my opinion, for him to come to Howard. And the last guy or the last two guys I'll throw in are Azar uh, Abdul-Rahim, the defensive back coach from University of Maryland. He's a D.C. guy, Friendship Collegiate Academy, former head coach. He also went to Alabama to be a, a analyst as well and uh, help out with recruiting. He's a great guy with ties to the area. And also Bowie State's uh, Damian Wilson or Damon Wilson. Uh, that Bowie State coaching tree – that Frazier has been on has produced some really, really good coaches. And as we can see, Bowie State's been pretty successful the last few years. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't be shocked if Damon Wilson from Bowie State got a look. Uh, but for my money, the guy has to come from this area because for Howard to be what they want it to be, alums being, they have to recruit D.C., PG, Montgomery County, and Northern Virginia. With those four schools or four four uh, areas, 
you can be successful at Howard. Not saying you could win or you're going to automatically win a championship, but you can build a, a solid enough program in those areas. And well, Frazier has proved it. Everywhere he's gone, he's went out and gotten D.C. guys or DMV guys. Well, that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> why are you hitting it like that? I mean, good points. By he, 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 he hit it out the ballpark. Yeah, he brought up some names that, that I think I didn't know about. Um, well, I, I guess I heard all of those names. We talked about some of them. Uh, Damon Wilson was another name I saw that that could be in consideration. But you think that they'll try to wrap up that job search that's probably going on right now. They'll probably get somebody shoot by you know by the end of the next month by the end of December so um I wanted to say something before we head out um over the weekend I had some terrible news um North Carolina Central Chancellor Deborah Saunders White uh, passed away from kidney cancer she was 59 years old she was a um, she was a great woman man had to, I was I was real sad to hear that she died over the weekend. Not gonna lie. Yeah, she was. I think she was. uh, She was actually. She became the chancellor like after I left. But just, I mean, every time I would see a picture of her, she was always smiling. She was actually the first chancellor I felt like really was involved in like everything, everything in CCU. But it was. I mean, of course, that one hit home. It's just like wow. Like even though. She wasn't a chancellor while I was there. It it, it definitely affected me. Yeah. yeah, she was yeah like like Trent said, she was de- definitely very visible. Um, chancellor Nouns was a chancellor while while I was there. Well, I guess all four of us was there, oh eight to two thousand twelve. But um, definitely I can say about Doctor Saunders White, she was definitely visible. I met her a couple times when she came to Atlanta for different alumni efforts and everything, but. Yeah, she was definitely always cheering. Like, we saw her at the games. I know that was one of her favorite things to do was go to, to the games. So we saw her at the games all the time. And, uh, you know, she was cheering. She was throwing up the eagle and all that stuff. We saw her she, dancing in that clip yeah. that I think you – or a picture that you might have taken. or I don't know. I know it came in and out, but uh, – She definitely she definitely loved her sports. That, that, you're talking about that photo when uh, the basketball team made the tournament. She was trying yeah. to – she was trying to do the nay nay, and I don't know what kind of nay nay that was. But, but you could just tell the spirit from her, man. She, she loved the sport. She definitely loved the students. I'll never forget that time that was I was over at Central because it was a death that happened and uh, on on campus. Somebody had just fell out and died, and uh, she, you could just see the kind of concern in her, in her face. So you could just you could tell she cared about her students. She'll definitely be missed. She did some great things for Central and advocating. Uh, for these new buildings and, and, and money for the school and putting them, you know, at the forefront of, of getting money from the UNC Board of Governors. So she will definitely be missed. I didn't know if Aaron had anything to say. <laughs> uh, no, not not much except for uh, she seemed like she really had a great connection with uh, the students and the, and the uh, community, the North Carolina Central community, the alums. Every time we, we saw her, she was – conversing with students with alums she just had she did a great job of having and building a connection with the i think that's what made her a great chancellor yeah r.i.p oh r.i.p well real quick i guess before before we wrap up i got to give my shout outs 
to uh well I know it's it's football season is wrapping up and swack and meag celebration bowl all that stuff is going on but hey basketball season is kicking off man and we got a few teams doing their thing D one level D two level first off got you got to shout out D two CIAA uh, Virginia State been balling man they beat Norfolk State in an exhibition game but they're sitting there five and two I think we might have mentioned it I don't know if we recorded something but I know. We were talking about uh, Virginia State might be the team to beat in the CIAA this year. That D1. was a conversa- That was a conversation that you and I had. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't remember, man. You know, we talk talk so much, but uh, everybody talk. We talk all sports all the time. But uh, D one level. If you ever wondered why um, HBCUs don't play D two D two schools in the regular season <laughs> as their <laughs> that as their it. money type game, that's the reason. Yeah, I guess you, yeah, I guess you can't because we even it was one on a, a bigger level. Uh, well, we see that, but we've seen it before. But like Syracuse lost a few years ago to a D two in the exhibition, and you know. But uh, on a D one level, SWAC Texas Southern man, like that might be the best team in HBCU basketball. I mean, Mike Davis has had them rolling the past couple of years. They got some transfers in there that has got that team rolling. I mean, I can't wait to watch them uh, later this later in December when they uh, come to play Baylor. So I'll, I'll go check that out. But Texas Southern, watch out for them. And in in the MEAC, uh, North Carolina Central, they've been playing well. Much improved team from last year, from what we've seen. And uh, so shout out to those teams uh, holding it down. And of course, we'll. Some people may be mad we're not talking about their school, but uh, you know we'll check those teams out too. Get some wins under your belt. Yep, that's it. I'm not talking college basketball until next week's show. Okay. There you go. His his agent say he can't say anymore. <laughs> I can't say nothing about it. All right. Well, we're at the end of our show. Um, I'm Jonathan Alexander. You can find me on Twitter, J-O-N-M Alexander. J-O-N-M Alexander. Shout out to Room for letting me know. I don't know how he found up. What he was doing, searching, but he uh, found out that whoever had the previous username uh, <laughs> needed their profile, and that got it without the one that didn't win. Yeah, I, I always me. love when people uh, give me flowers so I can still smell them, but uh, yeah, I had to give John that Twitter handle, let him know it was available. But but uh, it's always good to be on HBCU Voice Show. Looking forward to more bigger and better things coming months and uh into 2017 but i'm ron brown got a little cold so i sound all nasally but uh follow me on twitter at ron brown check out the website ronbrown.com keep checking hbcu voice for the for the good uh sports talk hbcu talk hear aaron uh yell spill water all over his shirt and all that hello spill water on my shirt really am i still here can y'all hear me yeah we can hear you Nah. All right. Yeah. Well, I would like to say thank you every uh, once again, John, for having me. Uh, I enjoy these conversations weekly. Uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to talking about basketball and the Celebration Bowl in the coming weeks. I look forward to continuing to do this in 2017. And on Twitter at Coach AC. That's at Coach A Y Y C E E. If you have any hate, please direct it towards me. Do not subtweet me. Actually mention me in this. 
when you hear the podcast. Mention it, tag HBCU Voice in it. I respond to everybody. I don't duck and hide no one. <laughs> and I'm Trenton Little. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore T-E-E Little. And um, just follow me. I'm actually reaching out to uh, Johnson C. Smith. Um, hopefully cover some of their basketball games this year and cover more CIAA events. So you can uh, follow me on my Twitter just to find out what's going on. You're listening to HBCU Voice. Check us out next week. This is Aaron Saunders from HBCU Voice. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud, and to rate us five stars on iTunes.